let's get going. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to Generationally Speaking, where we take topics and look at them in the view of our own generations. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. This is season Swing three, episode 12 or so. It's I 11. <laughs> give, give, me, give me one or two. What is it? What really is it? Oh, no, it's 11. Okay. Yeah, episode 11. My name's Brad. Swing and a miss. My name's Brad. I'm the lead pastor. And your resident boomer here. And this is my cohort, Mr. Jordan Chitwood, online pastor and resident millennial here. Hey. He did his best. He did yeah, his I, best. You know, it's the best I can do. Anyway, yeah. So we are talking tonight about four of the most popular verses that are taken out of context yeah, now, in all of scripture. Yeah, which I think is cool. Um, I don't. I was thinking there's really not a lot of generational things to be talking about here. Correct. And so the question I kind of wanted to ask was with this, um, for you, what was like a verse as you were growing up and whatnot that was either the one focused on the most or taught on a lot or preached about? Was there is, or any even any, any topics you, that you could think of? You should know better than just spring that uh, one on well, me. Well, you know, like even for verses, like for my generation, one of them that we're going to be talking a lot about tonight is for the First Corinthians. Uh, what is it? First Corinthians 10, 13. 10, 13, that talks about no temptation that has overtaken mm. you. Okay, that's one like for my generation. Or Philippians 4, 13, the, the one we're also going to be talking about tonight of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens that's me. That's probably the one that came up the most, uh, that really? I would have probably thought the most. Or Jeremiah. The Jeremiah 29 Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's probably the most out of out of context verse that we'll talk about. Probably. But, um, so anyway, the reason you know we titled our episode "What You Talk About Willis" is because we hope after you hear these four verses and then as they're put into context, how kind of the meaning can change a little bit of what society. That whenever someone down the road, maybe in Walmart, you're in a grocery store, you're in the salmon aisle, okay, you're getting a nice <laughs> thick salmon. piece of salmon or some sushi, and they ask you. Never. Have you ever heard Jeremiah 29, 11? Yes, I have. And then they tell you what they think it means. You look at them, you say, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yes, uh, Susan Keys let me know that I needed to change my shirt today. Um, Susan, just so you know, when She's I went a- to my lunch meeting with Brad, Michigan was up 17. When I got out of my lunch meeting with Brad, we lost by six. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really not around. sure. I'm really not sure what happened. But yeah. He didn't look during lunch, though. No, I didn't. You didn't I look didn't. until you got I was out of lunch. Engaged. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the topic for the night, we're talking about four verses that are often take out of context. Then we're going to talk about what happens when we read these verses in context and the danger about um, kind of giving our own implications to these these verses, but really throughout all of Scripture. Right. Um, because especially what we've learned from a generational standpoint is not just verses, but how often we have preconceived notions of verses or words or whatnot. You look like you want to say something. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and then like you bring something to the table, I bring something completely different to the table, and we don't ever ask the question, well, what do you mean by that? Okay? Right. And so when we're talking about these verses, we think it's so important that you read the entire passage so that Paul doesn't look at you someday when you get to heaven and be like, what you mean by what? that? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> so anyway, Brad, how about you kick us off with the okay. first verse? Probably the most popular this, this, one. This is probably the one that is, is the most... That's why we're starting with it, so yeah. then everyone can tune on, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. log off after this. Uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 10. For I know the plans I have for you, declares Already the Lord. Already butchered it. Oh, really? Yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. Well, it says 10 right here. What? 10 is going to be underneath it. 
You got to read the highlighted part. Oh, and hey, I would. I He's would, doing his best. I would like to. Ask. He messed up season it, it twelve. Episode been, twelve. It has been a long day. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Hey, let me let me read. Swing and miss. Swing and miss. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. In That's case you're wondering, such a great verse. And you hear it constantly. You see it on t shirts. You know, exactly. You see it on billboards. You see it on those fun things that people will decorate their house with. What are yeah. those called? The, like canvases signs and whatnot. Or, yeah. Signs. Yeah, you see it everywhere. It's aesthetically pleasing and it makes us feel good. Yes. Yeah. And the, the problem is. <laughs> The problem is there's so that, many problems here that, that the verse before it yes is what you really is absolutely necessary You're right okay and so verse ten says um, it's it says uh, for seventy years you will be under control of the Babylonians yep under yeah basically in slavery yep for seventy years seventy years and then Jesus God wants to give you a little bit of encouragement but don't worry. Yeah. I know the plans I have for you. Right. But you're going to walk through 70 years of conflict before you get to those plans. Right. And so many of us are like, when we're going through hard seasons, we're like, which right around, joy is right around the corner. We're like, you might not see the results of your victory in your yeah. lifetime. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what Hebrews and, 11 talks and about. Yeah, and the other thing about this is that he is not talking to individuals here. Yeah. Ooh, this is, that's this, good. He is talking about a community. Yeah. He's talking about a nation. And so it, it totally changes. And, yeah. and we, I think we, this is one thing that we have a tendency to do is take Scripture, and I understand why we do it, but we claim it for, our, you know, for mm. individuals. Yes. And honestly, especially in the Old Testament, and I would even say some in the New Testament, I haven't thought about that enough, but in, definitely in the Old Testament, a lot of everything that was happening was community-based. Yeah, well, even all, I mean, the epistles were written to churches. Right. So, like, even in the New Testament, right. you've got community-based, too. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we, we think about our own personal Savior and yes. our own personal sins, and, our, and, and there's truth to all of that, mm -hmm. but yet there's a bigger thing going on of, of you know, they, people were punished because of the nation's <laughs> sins. Yeah. Ooh. You know, in Israel. Yep. It, it wasn't just an individual sin that you were punished for. You were yep. punished for other people's sins also. Yep, and I think this is part of why God... Well, I don't want to assume what God was feeling, but you get the sense throughout the entire Old Testament. There's so much frustration for his people, and that's part of why we're doing the series we're in right now on the book of Judges, because they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Every single day it felt like something different, okay? And I think a lot of times it's because they focus so much on either the promises or the, or the, or the blessings or the goodness. And I mean, as soon as they got out of Egypt— Okay. As soon as they got out of slavery, they sing a song of praise and then immediately yeah. start complaining because their situation right. isn't good enough for them. Right. And so many of us, I, I did a sermon on this, so many of us focus on the verse 11 right. without embracing verse 10. 70 years right. of suffering, of enslavement, of loss, of pain. Yeah. Most of which, a lot of those people weren't going to then experience the promised land. Never, never experienced it. Or experience, you know, the, the Messiah. And then you go to Hebrews 11 where, where it talks about all these people of faith who the never got to see. Yep, you got yep. Abraham and, and, you know, they, and they never got to get, Boaz got and to see Rahab. What God and, yeah, exactly. Yep. And, and like, you know, you asked me a little bit ago, it wasn't necessarily a Bible verse, but there was always this phrase that was said around that just drove me crazy was God has a wonderful plan for your life. Oh, yeah. You know, and just... 
and there's this whole rosy thing. And, and yeah, God has a wonderful plan for your life. It may be to kill you. Mm-hmm. Well, even with, <laughs> well, that got dark. <laughs> it got dark in a hurry, did it? But it's true. Yeah, because you know, you're suffering. But you know, my we, brain. we try to soft sell the gospel and everything so much. Mm-hmm. Of everything's going to be, per- you know, if you just follow God, everything's going to fall into place. Your mm-hmm. life's going to be great, and uh, maybe. But chances are, no. Ten of the twelve disciples died, right? Were killed, martyred for their faith. One of them yes. took their life. Right. And then John, who we believe, right, is the one who who died naturally. Died naturally. But like all of them yeah. are martyred Everybody for their else faith. Was martyred, martyred then the for different it. ones that were brought in, you got Stephen, and then who was stoned, and he was kind of brought in as a right. So you got Paul, right. who also was killed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Michaela says, well, that took a good turn. <laughs> but it's powerful truth. Yes. It, 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 it is. It's just, it's one of those things. I just. Yeah, Cole Walker said, my affirmation today, God's plan is not to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> name it and claim it, girl. Name it and claim it. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Yeah. yeah, Crossbridge Community Church, hashtag Trevor, quoted Brad Maddox, God has a wonderful plan for you. It might be to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the, tr- here's the reality, okay? God's ultimate plan for our lives, I believe, was, was postponed in the garden. You have the garden, sure. okay? You have mm-hmm. perfection. That journey for us was postponed because of sin. It, it wasn't eliminated, but now we are enduring this life, this journey that we so desperately need, okay, because of sin. We can't expect any of our lives to be butterflies until we get to heaven. Right. Kingdom of heaven. Yeah, the, okay? the, the promise isn't necessarily for this. this. And, and we believe it's the best way to live. Right. And it gives you purpose for your life and things like right. that. But, you know, I, I think to have that thought that, you know, following God is going to make everything just perfect is, is mm-hmm. and, and that's how we also look at our lives. If everything's going up and to the right, you know, everything's mm-hmm. going great. Yep. Then, Oh, God's with me. I'm being blessed. Well, no, yep. that. N- and it's interesting that then in Matthew chapter five, I think with the, with the uh, Beatitudes, that everything that Jesus says is blessed is actually counter to culture. Something blessed with- is the poor. Blessed is the suffering. Blessed is the you know least of these. Do you think that happens more in our Western culture though? Do you think people yeah, in, in third absolutely. world countries and things see it in a different way? Absolutely. It, it it especially when you go to developing countries throughout the entire world, you're able to see an infinite amount of joy even in the midst of their poverty or in the midst of their suffering. That we would never have. That we would never have because we live in that instant culture, fast food culture. Yeah. Um, it's all about me, me, me. And and they re- they have to rely just on their livelihood to get by. If they make it through a day right. without losing someone yep. in, in a family or what have you, they're, right. they feel like they're blessed. Yeah, and we've taken advantage of our medicine and our technology. We are... We really are very privileged to be able to have all of those incredible things, okay? And privilege, like we've talked about, in and of itself, not a bad thing, right. okay? But when you take advantage of your privilege, that's when it can become an idol for your area of life. Mm-hmm. And I think because of those different privileges that we've taken advantage of, whenever we notice gas prices going up, okay? Someone, my friend posted today, and they're like, hey, even though it is a burden, that that <laughs> gas prices are twice as expensive. Right. I'm grateful that my family's not being bombed. Today. Exactly. And you're like, it's a different perspective. It's a first it? world country problem. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things where you're like, hey, hold on. Let me take a few steps back to the Jeremiah 29:10. Okay. 
And honestly, gas prices are the least of our concerns, you know? Right. In the world, and it goes back to the community thing. Look at the community as not just your own personal struggles. Right. Let's look at our, you know, the, the Christians in China, the Christians in Afghanistan, the Christians in Africa who are literally being killed. Right. As our, our community, as our body of Christ, not just because you had to get up at 6 a.m., you know, <laughs> so you don't, you know, yeah. A, B, C, or D, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, let's go on to the next one. I am going to read... Probably, besides Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, this for me is like my generation's biggest one that we probably take out of context is Philippians four thirteen, where Paul says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." No need for a plane; I can fly. <laughs> no need for sports figures. Sports have, figure, yeah. You know, they have this Tim tattooed Tebow, on their body. Curry, yep. Yeah, you know. I can go pro. I can do anything. <laughs> I can. I cannot study for my tests and pass because I can do all things through Christ who's strength. And yeah, we exaggerate those, but that's honestly how we live. Right. Okay. Right. This entire passage, Paul is talking about being content in every situation. He's talking about being content in it, the suffering. It, in prison where he, it's very <laughs> yes. possible that he is about to be beheaded. Yes. You know, and what he's saying is that I can endure all of this tough stuff yep. because mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, that's actually how one of the translations interprets that word is i can endure all things through christ who strengthens me right it's not it's probably probably a much better translation right it's not about you being able to conquer things for your glory it's all about enduring things for his that yeah that's gonna come up actually later in one of these verses too i I think and again that that's part of the thing and again and i think it's part of just the way we are raised in the american culture and and it sounds like we maybe sound like we're bashing that It's, it's no, it's no, not no, that we're no. bashing. It's just that we need to realize Right. It's, this. again, the, the advantages or the privileges or the technologies and all those things that we have, incredible things. Right. Okay? When we idolize them or allow them to take over, even really, it's just one of those things where we, um, what is it called when you, like, you become so content with something that, like, you take it for granted. Okay? Right. And you don't even realize you're doing it. And then when something out of the ordinary happens or suffering hits, and you're like, what God, why heck? would you do this? Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like and, such a... And again, we're so individualized that we look right. at everything on an individual basis, and yeah. that's not what you, Paul is even talking about. He's talking yeah. about enduring physical stress, physical issues, mm-hmm. mental stuff, yeah. you know, Ooh, yeah, all, yeah. all of that kind of kind yeah. of thing here. That's that's what he's actually yep. talking Michaela about Michaela shares, it's like we've created an okay gospel. We just walk around telling people everything is going to be okay when we don't really know for sure what God's plans are. Well, and that's and see that's the other thing is <laughs> what so you're good. doing when when you start following Jesus is you are accepting and saying God, you got the plan. Ooh, yeah, this yeah. is not about my plan anymore. Yeah. I am joining in you what you are doing. Yep. And and we have to be okay with that. We yep. are a part of a bigger bigger picture that you know even even the Bible is nothing more than a story of how God has yeah. interacted with humanity yep. through all this time. Yeah. And we are just such a small infinitesimal little piece of that. Mm. It's his plan, not our plan yep. that we're joining. Yeah, and I think when you understand the beauty of his plan and recognizing his plan, then you can take you can find purpose in your suffering. Right. You know, you can say, That's you know good. what? That's this good. can be yeah. used for something greater than myself. Right. And it's it's the it's a passage that Paul talks about with this pruning idea mm-hmm. is that he prunes away he prunes that which he loves. Right. Okay? It's it's like what we do with with fruits and with with gardens and all that. you prune, you know, the pieces that you want to grow stronger and to grow bigger and to grow better and then you knock off the branches that are are dead. Yeah. Or toxic. And and it's why, you know, we we raise our our children the way we do, you know, is is discipline yep. and 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 moving them through. Yeah, we raise our children that way, and then when God raises us that way, we yeah, get so frustrated. Exactly, you yeah. know, and, and, and we look at them, and, and, and we 
we try to protect them from everything because, but yet they've got to fail yep. too. Got to have and, consequences. Got to fail. Exactly. Gotta, you know, and yeah. all of that fun stuff. How about you walk us through a number three? Number three. Hey, Make I'm sure read you actually right read there. the verse the right time. First Corinthians ten thirteen. How'd I do? Hey, so far you're great. Okay. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Party it up. <laughs> Tell you what, this is probably the best sermon I ever heard Trevor teach. Yeah? Mm-hmm, when I was in youth group. Really? On this verse. Really? Yep. He shared God... When it comes to sex, because this you know passage uh, is talking about sexual purity, right? Let's just let's yeah, just, just talk yeah, about that. Put okay? it out there, okay? Because first off, so many of us associate this verse with the idea of like, well, man, I'm not going to go through anything difficult in life that I can't handle because God is not going to tempt me beyond my prayer. Here's the reality: sometimes you are going to go through difficult things that only God can conquer. Okay? Right. That's just reality. Again, like I said, sometimes you are going to fail, and there's nothing you could have done differently. It's just like, that's part of the pruning, okay? But anyway, in this sermon that Trevor talked about, he shared one of the wisest things he ever said. He said, you know what? When talking about sexual purity, you know, there will be situations where God won't put you in situations beyond your own temptation, what you can control, okay? But you can put yourself in situations beyond what you can control. That's beyond brilliant. What you can know. He, was he like, said that? He did. Wow. And I still remember it 10 years later. He said, you know what, sometimes if you, you know what, if you go over to your girlfriend's house when the parents aren't home, that's not God saying like, hey, you know what? I could. Sex is off the table. You're going to be able to go in and be stronger. You can sometimes, if you're going to go to a bikini bar or a stri- <laughs> aka a strippers club, okay? That's not God letting you know, you know what? I, you can uh, handle it. You're not going to lust tonight. You can set yourself up to fail. Trevor said that. Well, he didn't say the bikini bar. That was all Jordan Chitty no, theology. Yeah. It's all Chitty and theology right there. <laughs> there you go. That, yeah, that, that in itself was worth the price of admission tonight, folks, right there. Yep. I'm, jo- Jordan's Trevor, talking I'm about impressed. bikini Did you really say that? <laughs> he had no he idea. He had no idea. No, that, I had, honestly, that's the first I'd ever, that's, that's really good stuff right mm-hmm. there. God won't put you in a situation that but, God has ordained. But, but, but you, you can, can put, yourself put yourself in that in a situation. That can. You can even, let's take it away from sexual purity, okay? Even with financial security, okay? Yes. God is trusting you with finances, uh-huh. and that's why so many wealthy people still go into debt. Because it's like, hey, you've been blessed with this. That's where a privilege can become toxic. Yeah. Because you can be blessed with, with so many things, okay? And when you don't handle them in a, in a Christ-like way, you'll be paying off credit cards, you yeah. know? You can have the nicest thing, it, nicest house, and still. It's the same thing that we've talked about how many times. I think I talked about it even last week is, is there's always consequences. Yes. You know, God puts these guardrails up for us, and this is how to live. This is the best way to live. And, and when we choose... To live outside of those, yep. and and as you said, the very first week in this series is he hands us over mm-hmm. to our own will, mm-hmm. to our own the desires of our heart. desires of our heart. It's the Romans passage, and, and 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 there's consequences for that. And it's not that yep. I think God does punish us sometimes, but sometimes it's just guys. If you're going to be stupid, you're going to suffer the consequences because this is just you reap what you sow. Yeah, sometimes God prunes right. and corrects. Sometimes. You just trip over your nose. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you get into such a big situation and such a big lie and so much toxicity that you're just reaping what yeah. you sow. Yeah. It's like when, you know, the author of, um, what is it? 
it's either it's Ecclesiastes, Solomon, right? Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Everything is meaningless, okay? <laughs> because he gets to the point where he's got so much wealth, he's got so much wisdom, and he's still like, none of this really matters. matters. Okay, it can be it can be a good thing. It's not wrong to be wealthy. I heard you know Michael Michael Todd right now is in a, a money management series. It's called Mo Money Mo Problems. Okay, <laughs> but series number one, which was this last Sunday, was titled Mo Money Mo Purpose. Okay, and he was talking about how God um, wants us to be the managers of our finances. He's the blesser. We're the, we're the, all he asks us to do is manage our finances. Okay. And when you have mo of something, mm-hmm. mo money, mo food, mo privilege, like we just talked about, it gives you an opportunity to purposefully use that. Right. Okay? It doesn't mean you're more blessed than the person who is in poverty. It just means that you have an opportunity to use that, which you are given. But the reverse is always true. You have an opportunity to go and, you know, spend more on, you know, things yeah. that aren't of God or things that will drive you into debt or hurt your relationship. If you go to if you go to the bikini bar, like we talked mm. about, and you're married, you go with the guys, you go with the gals, okay? You know what? Nah, I'm just going to go have a couple drinks. Yeah, you can go have some fun. Your relationship probably is going to suffer. Right. Okay? And, and the same is yep. true in any area. All right, number four. Yes. This is uh, John 14, 14. Okay, this one drives me crazy. It says, you ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. It says it right there. Right there. That's the verse. So I, I name and, and claim. claim <laughs> what am I going to name and claim right now? An orange Lamborghini. Oh, no. You know, you know what my dream vehicle is. Orange Jeep uh, orange Wrangler. Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Four-door. Four-door. Four-door, four-door Jeep Wrangler. Because now you're, now you're a... No, I'm Apparent. thinking about it. I'm I'm looking this up. I'm not I'm not ignoring. I'm okay. So this is John fourteen fourteen, and this is one of those passages as where as I've heard so many people say, you know what, God has given. I'm going to pray for it, and it's going to come true. I'm going to pray for this healing, and it's going to come true. I'm going to pray for my mental illness to go away, and it's going to come true because God says, God says that if you ask for anything in my name, I will handle it. <laughs> Susan Key says, like we get three wishes. Trevor says, so dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and what were you looking up? <laughs> I'm looking at... Looking uh, up the context? Yeah, well, go ahead and and, and talk about your... Yeah, what, so, well, anyway, so... All this, of my one, friends, this is one of your hot buttons. Yeah, because especially with my generation, when we're talking about all of these things, and I believe in the power of prayer, I believe in the power of healing, I believe in the power of blessing, but at the end of the day, again, like we've talked about with all of these verses, sometimes we're going to suffer. Actually, a lot of times we're going to suffer. And sometimes we don't get what we want. And our heart exposes those things. Yeah. And this yeah. is what we, I, again, what I talked about in week number one. It's, it, it all comes down to what, what's the heart, what's the heartbeat? What's the heart lifeline? And yeah, so you want to yeah, share the context? And this is what jumped out at me as I was looking these up today is, is the verse before this. It says, and, and understand what, where Jesus is in this, in this is this is Last Supper, right? Or Last Supper, right it. before he does right before his 15 through 7, the he, long prayer getting, before he's about he's to get, get, yep. He's giving everybody, hey, I'm, I'm leaving. Is this the washing feet chapter? This might be, I, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that yep. the Father may be glorified yep. in the Son. Yep. Again, this is God's plan. All this is His purpose. God. It's all about glorifying yep. God. So it's it's under the context of I'm going to give you, if you're in God's purpose, in God's will, mm-hmm. and 
and and our heart is not for us, but mm-hmm. for either others and or that God gets glorified in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can ask anything in my name. I'm going to, mm-hmm. and we we t- again we take it and, and and twist it. I've heard some people say, like, God doesn't always say yes or no. Sometimes He says maybe, mm-hmm. or or maybe later. Okay. Yeah. I think that's great, and I think. But I think a lot of times God just says no. Sure. But we we see this first. And we're like, I'm going to ask it in God's name. And even if you've got a pure heart, if you've got a pure soul, and, just and, like Jesus did uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. God, take this cup from me. But if not. But if not. Right, right. Not your will, but my will. And are, are you good with that verse? Are yeah, you, I'm just you're, frustrated. You're just, you know, <laughs> I get hot. I get hot about it because so many of us think that we're supposed to live a peachy life. Yeah. And a comfortable life, a comfortable you know, and that's life. what and that's what we're designed for, and that's what you know. And, and and I heard somebody say one time, you know, we pray for blessing, dude. You don't need to pray for blessing; you're already blessed, right? I mean, I look at at, at things, and and it's been kind of. I'll, I'll give you a perfect instance. Okay? Give me a perfect. This one. is just what you know. How if you didn't know, I ordered a, a, a sectional a year ago. Mm. To get into our anniversary house. was two days ago, wasn't it? <laughs> the year yeah. anniversary. So yeah. they they have not been able to get me this stupid sectional that I ordered. Yeah, and and it's been really frustrating me. Yep. And it's the same kind of <laughs> light bulb of what your friend said is is I'm sitting here, I am ticked and upset because you know, oh poor me, I don't have my sectional. Right. I don't have bombs going off in the neighborhood. Right. I don't. I. I I can go out to eat whenever I want to. I can, you know, and you think, how petty am I mm-hmm. to be thinking about this kind of stuff? Is it mm-hmm. frustrating? Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, but in the scheme of life, I mean, I am, I am so thankful. What's what even you. like what you were talking about on Sunday about the freedom concept? Yeah. Is like, yeah, we've got this freedom, and sometimes we can abuse that freedom, okay? Because we do what we want, when we want, right. however we want. We think that's what freedom means, and and Jesus is says, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Right. Okay. And when you follow who the Holy Spirit is and what the Spirit of the Lord entails, love, joy, peace, yeah. pay, the fruits of the fruit of the Spirit. It's the same thing with this. It all comes down to the heart of the Father. Mm-hmm. Heart of the Father. And glorifying him. And he's telling the disciples this, preparing them for him for not him being there being anymore. Here. Yeah. So he's not saying, hey, go and wait. and all of them die besides <laughs> John. Like right. he's letting them know, like, hey. You will be able to heal people, serve people, lean into people, love people. Everything you have, you're going to be able to do yours, greater things than than, than is I. What have. he says, yeah. And it comes down to the ministry, but we take that and we're like, you know what? You're right. It mental health sucks. Okay, you're right. Suffering sucks. You're right. All of these things are hard. You're right. It it stinks having to live paycheck to paycheck. You know, doing the things you love. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't get better in our worldview but it can still become fruitful right and it can still glorify god yeah i was just finishing a book it's called (laughs) i finished it again it's called i love jesus but i want to die okay i've (laughs) talked to you about this book i think just finished it incredible book if you struggle with depression or thoughts of suicide anyway there's a chapter that says that that is called um uh it might always be this way and that's okay Okay, there's some things like even with mental health or with diabetes or with physical things. Yes, God can heal us. Okay, and it, and and it and, happens throughout all of Scripture. Yep. But there's also times that Jesus stepped over people at the pool of Bethsaida. Okay, who he didn't end up healing to heal the one person who had been an invalid for 38 years. 
He could have snapped his fingers and healed everybody. everybody. Okay? Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's our journey to carry. And I think rather than uh, for me to beg for my struggles with depression or with anxiety to go away permanently, for me to say, God, how can I glorify you in this journey? Yeah. Okay? Because I still can't believe. It's a hard place to get to. Right. I still can't believe that God can heal me. Sure. Okay? But it's the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But even if he he doesn't, doesn't. He's we will not good. bow the neck. Yeah. He's still present. Yeah. He's so glorious. And, and I think, you know, to, to kind of start wrapping this whole thing up, I think there's a broader issue here. And and we've we've had a lot of conversations between all of us in the office and staff and things about, about scripture and Bible and, and what have you. And and I think we've got to be very careful as not reading into this or making what we want it to say. Yeah, you can do that for any verse. You know, and all these things. I think that's exactly what what we have done is instead of, you know, we're looking for verses to make us feel better about ourselves. And and instead of, okay, what is this really saying? Mm -hmm. And again, it's, and and I get it. I mean, we do it all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, but but I think that's an issue. And and we've got to understand what the Bible is really meant meant for and what what to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Ellen Holmes says, God says yes, God says no. Then God says, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> we cannot treat God like our own personal piggy bank for every desire to be done if it is me, myself, and I. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Alex Meyer says, misfortune is virtue's opportunity. Yes, yes, yes. I love all of that. Are there, are there any verses that, that, that you guys know of? Yeah, any verses you wanted to put in the chat? Because it's only 833. Oh like, we're gosh. right we're, on time. Yeah, yeah. Let us know in the chat. What's a verse that maybe you've seen culture take out of context you yourself have well and, and you have questions thing, you know about. and especially in all the division you know that that is happening in church world mm-hmm. and in the world right now is it's amazing how people can have two different absolute views <laughs> and use the same scripture to back themselves up all the time it happens all the time all the time the exact same I, and and we try to use scripture to do exactly that you know i'm yep. gonna go find by I, I know what i believe and i'm gonna go so, find this one verse I, instead of saying okay what does what does scripture say what does it actually say about this instead of proving me mm-hmm. right, what I want to believe in this? And something we talked about at AU was not even just reading the verse within the context of the passage that surrounds it, but then also reading that within the entire book and then the entire Bible. And so you're just asking yourself, like, <laughs> who is Jesus? Yeah, there. Yeah, there. there's a lot of that happening in church world right now. Yes. And, and, you know, I don't know how many people follow what's really happening in, in different denominations and things right now, but there's a lot of exactly that mm-hmm. happening right now. And, and, and we look and say, well, you got to take the, the thing, the whole book, the whole story, the whole story that whole God's story writing, that God is writing. And it's this, <laughs> this might be a button for some people, but God's still writing our story. Right. Okay. And for me personally, the story of how God's working didn't end with revelation. Okay. Continues. It's mm-hmm. continuing to work, and so I think we have to be open for God to continue to work in our lives, because mental health—it's only referenced in Scripture a couple of times. Suicide's only referenced twice: when Elijah wants to kill himself, when Judas actually does kill himself. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't provide you with the bulletproof plan for how to combat. So sometimes you're not going to have the perfect verse. Right. Okay. And so when you go and try to make a verse relevant for your culture or for your time period, yeah. it's not like with the situation going on in Ukraine right now with another war, another violence. It's like, you know, we go back to the Old Testament of all of the wars and all of the violence and like, 
you know, we need to do this. We need to respond this way or that way and all of these things. Sometimes we just need to let God discern in the moment right? because there isn't the perfect verse, the perfect situation. Again, like you said, when we try to read or we try to pull out without looking at everything as a whole, it can yeah. be really dangerous. Yeah. Michaela says, I think there's a verse in Psalms or something that says God is within her. She will not fail. And people make it about themselves when it was originally written about a city, Zion. Yeah. Another example of making a Bible a personal thing when yeah. it was a communal thing. I'm guilty of that for sure. That's yeah, the communal thing. And that's what I, you had I, referenced. Yeah, and, and I think you know, especially in our Western culture, we don't think that way. And and there's times that I didn't think that way until you brought it up. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You're intelligent. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that. Any yeah. final thoughts? I I have no thoughts anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My final thought: the Bible is an incredible thing, incredible Word of God, and it can be so powerful. It can be so cool. Um, don't idolize anything but yeah. God. <laughs> like, don't yeah. take Philippians 4.13 and start idolizing that verse. Yeah. Don't make it your, even when people say this is my life first, like, even that kind of rubs me the wrong way, and you're just like. I think we're a little sensitive to that. Yeah. You know, probably yeah. more so, and I don't know if everybody would understand that. There's just, there's just a lot happening now with pastors and church world and things about about the Bible and what have you, and, and don't get us wrong. You know, we, we Bible is beautiful. We, it is. The we word hear it of God. all the time. It's is powerful. well, do you just do you just teach the Bible? Do you just teach the Bible. It's just like, the Bible. What, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> what what exactly do you mean by that? Like, so all that to say is study the Bible, learn from the Bible, listen and, to and God, and know what it's pointing to, and know what and it is who pointing. it yes. is pointing to is what the, the big thing. thing. Exactly. So, Glorifying hey, God. Hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight. If this was your first time, let us know in the chat. Uh, if this was your second time, thanks for coming back. We didn't scare you away last time. Uh, we are taking next Thursday off, and then in two weeks, we're going to have another game night. Oh, uh, yeah. Do we know what we're doing? I don't. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, I do have an idea, but last time you shot that idea down. That's true. So we'll have to talk about it. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> have a great rest of your evening. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>